This is Dan Wharton Uncancelled. Let's go. Breaking tonight, the Home Office has confirmed the first removal flight of illegal immigrants to Rwanda will take off from the UK on June the 14th. It comes as GB News has exclusively revealed that up to 30,000 hotel rooms are being booked by the Home Office daily to house asylum seekers while their claims are being processed, costing taxpayers some £5 million a day. But while the government is making efforts to stem the tide of illegal immigration into the UK, is the more pressing concern actually those being welcomed legally to Britain through a raft of visas? So, Home Office statistics released just last week show a significant rise in legal migration from pre-pandemic levels, with work visas alone up 50% from 2019-2020. Study visas have also rocketed 58%, while visas granted for family reasons are up 68%. And as Claire Fogers writes in The Times, a million people, roughly the number living in Birmingham, the populations of Edinburgh and Cardiff combined, just over a million people is also the number of foreign citizens offered visas to live in the UK last year. This version of taking back control is different, I imagine, from that anticipated by millions of Brexit voters. With growing strains on housing, healthcare and schools, is in fact legal migration to Britain the biggest political issue ahead of the next election and being virtually completely ignored by mainstream broadcasters and the political class? Well, as ever, Nigel Farage has been ahead of the curve on this issue for many years, and he joins me now. Nigel, I was watching your show uh, earlier in the week where you also reference uh, this column by, by Claire, because it was a, a rare moment, wasn't it, where the mainstream media, a mainstream liberal newspaper like The Times actually even talked about legal migration? Well, absolutely, Dan. And I mean, I've been saying for years that the rapid increase in the size of the British population is having a direct impact on people's lives. Whether it's smart motorways, why do you think we got those? Because there are more people and more cars on the road. Whether it's lack of access to GP appointments because nobody had planned for this level of population increase. Whether it's because you can't get your kid into the local primary school, they get on a bus and go 15, 20 miles away in rural parts of Lincolnshire, as has been happening. Think about this. The population of Great Britain, or the United Kingdom as it now is, has risen by 10 million since Tony Blair took power 25 years ago. 10 million. And 84% of that is directly as a result of immigration. Please don't tell me that our quality of life has improved as a result of it. It has not. It's made housing unaffordable. It's made all the things that people in their 60s and 70s took as normal parts of life unaffordable, impossible to their grandchildren. And at the same time, our productivity as a nation has now fallen so much, we're 18% behind France, who've never liked work very much, it seemed to me. That's so none of this actually works. And the answer to all of it is we must have more immigration. In fact, we're being told that labour shortages now are because all the EU nationals have gone home. At the same time, we find out that one million people in a single year have been given the rights to stay. We have become addicted, our political class, addicted at dinner parties with the big corporates to this model of low-skilled migration. And what Johnson has done as Prime Minister, 
is not just to open up immigration from the EU to the rest of the world, which on the face of it actually makes sense, but lower the barriers to entry. You know, anyone now earning 20,000 a year or the equivalent is welcome to come to Britain in unlimited numbers from anywhere in the world. And here's the truth of it. We've been had. We've been had. Brexit, uh, which only passed because people wanted border controls above all else as part of our sovereignty. Brexit was used by Johnson, by Gove, as a means of gaining power. They never, ever intended to reduce the numbers. They couldn't give a damn about the lives of ordinary people. For them, it's a game they've been playing since the Oxford Union. They couldn't care less. Because that was the whole point, wasn't it, Nigel, of the points base uh, uh, immigration system, which you had obviously spoken about for years. The whole point was about being able to pick and choose uh, <laughs> who we need, why we need them, and to ensure that the numbers come down. At the start of the campaign, I sat down with Cummings, Elliot, all the Vote Leave people. And I said, well, thank you finally for joining the party. It's very good of you. Um, uh, <laughs> Realise this is a key issue. They told me, oh, no. I, I remember Dan Hannan, Lord Hannan now, obviously, telling me, oh, but this puts people off in rural Hampshire. Well, it may do, but it didn't put people off in their millions living in Sheffield and Leeds and places like that. Um, and in the end, they accepted they had to campaign on it as as long as as well as well as we did with Lee Dodd you. There was a wonderful cartoon, a Mac, Mac cartoon, I think it was, showing me in a bar with a pint, which is not unusual, obviously. And it showed Gove and Boris at the other end saying, Barman will have whatever he's having. Um, but they cynically, they cynically, yes, of course they believe we should be sovereign, but they cynically used immigration as a means of pushing themselves up through the referendum and then winning a general election in 2019. And now they have betrayed us and betrayed working families all over Britain. You know, I, yesterday, there was a Green King offer yesterday. You could get a pint of beer for sixpence. So I Googled the nearest Green King pub to me, went into Warpington, went to a pub called The Buff, nice pub, well run, just ordinary working folk. And I sat in there and spoke to them. They were Brexit voters to a man and woman. And I can't tell you their levels of disappointment and betrayal at the fact that still life is becoming harder and harder for them and harder for their kids uh, to, to buy houses and all the rest of it. And I, I simply can't see why at the next general election, a Conservative Party led by Johnson, who was proved to be a charlatan on this issue, would have a cat's chance in hell of winning. You can have a huge influence on this issue, though, because if you look at the channel migrant crisis, uh, which is now covered in the mainstream media, it wasn't for, for a very long time. And it was only you going out there, you bringing it to attention, uh, coming on shows like my former show on talk radio, we started talking about it. And then, of course, the launch of GB News, and we've put a real focus on it. But you have to admit now, the mainstream media, they have caught up. They've realised that they can no longer ignore this issue and they do cover it. Uh, yeah. Do you think the same thing could happen when it comes to legal migration <coughs> too, if, if, if you continue uh, to raise it like this? What, to admit they've been wrong for 50 years? 
No, no, no. The narrative is we're a nation of migrants. It's all been, you know, our entirety of our success has been based on it. Um, no, I think for them to face the facts of life, that a population on a very limited island in terms of space, growing as rapidly as it has, the diminution of the quality of life for most people, they'll never admit that. And Dan, here's the truth of it. Here's the truth of it, as with so many other issues. These conversations go on within three or four postcodes in the centre of London. And they say things, oh, but darling, the new nanny from Slovenia. I mean, she's marvellous. Oh, and she's so cheap. I mean, oh, and we've got a new gardener from Eritrea. He's absolutely marvellous. And that's the conversation they have. And, the tr and here's the truth of it. Here's the truth of it. Mass uncontrolled immigration with limitless population rise is very, very good for the rich and very, very good for those that run big corporate companies. Why should they give a damn about anybody else? Very good question. Of course, we will keep on this issue, Nigel Farage, because it is an important Thanks. one. And uh, Farage back tomorrow night, 7 p.m here on GB News. Thank you, Nigel. Thanks, Dan. But it's time now for Uncancelled. And this is where Britain's top commentators speak out on controversial issues without the fear of the cancel culture sweeping the rest of the media. Uh, Nadim Zahawi was heckled and hounded off a university campus by trans radicals after they accused him of, quote, inciting hatred by defining women as adult human females. Around 30 anti-free speech activists targeted the education secretary while chanting, Zahawi is a transphobe after he was invited to speak to students by Warwick University's Conservative Association uh, on Friday. Look. <laughs> In a statement issued by Warwick Pride before the talk, they called for Zahawi to be deplatformed, branding him a, quote, reactionary, harmful transphobe. That's because he defended Sussex lecturer Kathleen Stock, who was forced to quit her job after receiving death threats for her views on women's rights. Surprise, surprise, one of the ringleaders was the son of Labour grandees Yvette Cooper and Ed Balls. And we all know what Labour thinks of women's rights these days, don't we? The political commentator Richard Taylor joins me now. Richard, does this mean that free speech is essentially dead at universities these days? Well, it, it seems as though, it, as though it is, Dan, because it's becoming more and more apparent that these uh, lobbyists and activists for the trans, the trans in particular, as we've seen the, what happened to Nadim Zahawi there recently, because he simply called defining a woman as an adult human female, which is what a woman is. Look, these trans activists have completely lost the plot, then, and they are doing more damage to women's rights than anybody else in history. We've seen this with J.K. Rowling, Sharon 
Davis, former Olympic swimmer, was speaking out for the rights of women, and yet you have these trans lobbyists for some reason who think that it's okay to, you know, listen, I'm all for protest. I love a good protest, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to protest, it has to be in the right context. And in this context, they are complete lunatics. It is as simple as that. They cannot understand that a man has a penis, a woman has a vagina. Well, your biological sex is what you're born with, that is it. But no, it's not good enough for them. They want to be able to push their agenda on us. And we're seeing it in our education system now with lots of things happening in, in curriculums that's changing in schools. And we are bowing down to this idea that we cannot offend people by saying a woman is a woman and a man is a man. What's mm. going on on the planet? It's absolutely ridiculous and absurd, Dan. Well, I completely agree with that, Richard. I completely agree. But what is most shocking about this is that this group of uh, lefty zealots don't even feel it necessary to hear from the education secretary. He went to the university. He was prepared to have a back and forth. I've actually seen him tweeted about some of his exchanges where he said actually they were respectful, but they don't even want to give him that opportunity, Richard. They believe he should be deplatformed, cancelled. And this is the problem with the hard left today. They don't want to debate the issues. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dan, it's right. It's the be kind group, isn't it? And they, the be kind <laughs> have become the unkind group and it divided so society. True. They're the ones, they're the very things that they accuse us of. We've constantly seen this and it's happening in society more and more than ever before. And I'm afraid that, you know, I can't believe that I'm actually supporting Nadine Sahawi. I'm not a great fan of the Tory cabinet, by the way, but on this occasion, I really am. I'm like, the guy stood up to give a lecture in a university talking about, you know, the issues that he was dealing with. And you've got these activists coming there and saying, He's transform, you know. He's it was it transforming. Well, I am as well then, because I believe that, that women are women and men are men, and that women are adult human females. I believe that. So does that make me transphobic? Well, if it well, does, according to well, this group, it does. It does, and there is Richard actually a, a growing sense now uh, that people who are just prepared to state a biological reality should embrace the terms. You know, fine, call me a turf. Uh, fine, call call me a transphobe because actually we're just stating basic science. You know, if you want to put some yeah, other yeah, label yeah, on yeah, it, and go I, ahead. I think, yeah. If, some, if somebody's sexuality, they want to question it and their gender and they want to transition, that's their choice. I, I, I support people's free choice, Dan. And, but the, the issue I have as well with the, this big debate really on, on you know, the, the, the stuff we're talking about tonight is the simple reason that we're seeing it happening in our schools and children are being taught as if it's a normal part of growing up. You know, what, you, know you don't have to identify as a woman or a man. You're born as a baby, but you're neutral. No, you're not neutral. You, you're born as a male or a female. Yeah, and that's, that's very troubling because it's changing Just the whole fight. Absolutely. It's changing. It's trying to change something. Else. And it's common sense. And we've, we've had centuries of this, you know. No, it's not a religious thing. It's not a historic. It's just a fact of life. Biologically, you're a male or you're a female. That is it. Just accept the facts. And it's, it's causing a lot of confusion, I feel, in a lot of people's minds, especially children, where they've been indoctrinated in schools from this left wing, and it is by the left wing mainly, and we've seen it with Labour supporters massively, you've seen it here in Wales, where you can't offend people by saying, no, no, listen, if you're a man, you can't compete in a woman's sport. Right. It's called yeah. cheating, it, you know, and, and th that whole argument for me is just ridiculous. And what happened with the Deem Sahawi today was an absolute disgrace and they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, indeed, because, look, I would say universities have always been 
a hotbed of far-left activism. Let's be honest, Richard. Most people leave university, get into the real world, they see sense and they feel a little bit embarrassed about their hardcore uh, university activism days. But what my issue is, Richard, is that these days, these folk want to shut down debate. Universities always used to be where debate took place. That was the whole point. Argue your case, absolutely. But these days, they want to de-platform. And for me, that's where I have such an issue with this. Yeah, because we've seen this uh, religion of wokeism when we infiltrate, and I think Calvin, one of your guests, uh, panelist, a uh, friend of mine tonight, has, has mentioned this quite a bit, you know, over yeah. the last few years. We've seen it enter into the whole, you know, arena, and I think it's been a huge problem and a challenge because then it doesn't give any parity or balance to what is real, and people are getting very confused, you know, and I think our education system should be there to teach children, you know, the most important facts, respect other people's opinions, you know, exactly. uh, people... Exactly. And you can have your view. Yeah, absolutely, but, but absolutely. Debate. But at the end of the day, you know, we we, we got to get to the point where we, we get into a place now. What, what I'm seeing for myself is I, I'm shocked at the level of what even the BBC, who called J.K. Rowling's opinions unpopular oh, when she said, I know. you know, we need to, we, we need a safe space for women. I mean, what's that I know. about? But they've been forced to apologise for that, and 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 shame on them for making the comment because. If the BBC were in touch at all, Richard, with everyday Brits, they would actually understand that J.K. Rowling's opinions are overwhelmingly uh, popular. And it just shows the little <laughs> bubble that they live in. Richard Taylor, our Welsh wonder. Thank you so much. Brilliant tonight. We'll speak soon, Richard. Now, Jim Davidson is tonight's outsider. And if you'd forgotten why humorless wokesters are still raging about Ricky Gervais's punchy new stand-up, here's a quick reminder. Not all women. I, I mean the old-fashioned ones. You know, the old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. Oh. <laughs> Those <laughs> dinosaurs. Oh. No, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? The, you know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, the ones with beards and <laughs> They're as good as... They're as good as gold. I love them. No, it's the old-fashioned. And now the old-fashioned... They're like, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use your toilets? For ladies. They are ladies. Look at their pronouns. <laughs> what about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. Her penis, you <laughs> bigot. <laughs> now, a swath of lefties are still crying into their muesli bowls and trying to get Gervais cancelled for his very funny digs. Uh, most recently, here's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, GLAAD, joining the bandwagon. They said, we watched the Ricky Gervais comedy, in inverted commas, special on Netflix, so you don't have to. It's full of graphic, dangerous anti-trans rants masquerading as jokes. He also spouts anti-gay rhetoric and spreads inaccurate information about HIV. The LGBT community and our allies have made it very clear that so-called comedians who spew hate in place of humour will be held accountable. And of course, Stonewall, well, they also got involved. Robbie DeSantos, the charity's PR man, said it is disappointing that Ricky Gervais has once again chosen to use his global platform to make fun of trans people. Punching down is never funny. These perma-victims just don't get it, do they? Ricky 
himself hits the nail on the head when he explained, I talk about AIDS, famine, cancer, the Holocaust, rape, paedophilia, but no, the one thing you mustn't joke about is identity politics. The one thing you should never joke about is the trans issue. They just want to be treated equally. I agree. That's why I include them. That's what Ricky Gervais says. Jim Davidson, one man who's no stranger to outrageous comedy, uh, is here now. Jim, Ricky's right, isn't he? He's not punching down at the trans community. He's punching at everyone. I, I think he, he's not having a go at the trans community. He's having a go. He knew what was going to happen about this. He's achieved exactly what he set out to do, Dan. And, and, and I think he's having a go. He, he's predicted. what It's like cause and effect. He'll cause such a, a stir with the people he wants to wind up that, that they'll just hang themselves. Give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves. I mean, he, he talked about punching down and did a joke about it. And now this man's accused him of punching down. It, it, you couldn't predict this. I, I, I think it, it's very funny stuff. And I don't think it's harmful at all. But there, I would say that, wouldn't I? What do you think? Well, I actually think Ricky Gervais is one of the funniest men in the world. I love the fact that he is uncancelable. He is, he's that big. He's that successful. He doesn't need Netflix. He doesn't need any corporation. And personally, Jim, I found it absolutely hilarious. I wasn't offended uh, by anything. I mean, you know, look at The Office. He, he makes jokes about gay people, about disabled people, but also about straight white men, too, who are overweight. You know, Ricky Gervais targets everyone. Yeah, he does. And uh, I bumped into him once up in uh, Edinburgh. I, I ridiculously did a month up there in, one, in the festival a few years ago. Um, and we had a good drink at the bar. And he said, you know what, Jim, I'm in danger of turning into you. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, I noticed your act that you have a go at the establishment and the moaners. You don't have a go at the so-called victims. And it is right. But it's interesting to see that if I went and did the same material as uh, as Ricky, I, I would be probably in prison now, smashing yeah. stones up chain gang somewhere. I'd certainly been cancelled from the, some of the theatres that are still good enough to show me. And, uh, and, and I, I, th I remember years ago, I, I was doing a late night show. It was either BBC or Thames Television. And there was a joke that needed an F word in it. And I said, can I use this F word? And, and they said, no. I said, well, hang on. I just saw Billy Connolly last night at the same time on television. He used the F word. And they said to me, a Billy Connolly F word is different to a Jim Davidson F word. <laughs> and I think that's it. Now, what you've got to ask yourself, Dan, and, and ladies and gentlemen watching this, did Ricky set out to upset? Because he, he'll he admit himself he's not the greatest stand-up in the world. His material is brilliant, and he delivers it in a style all of his own. Did he set out to upset? If he did, then he's hit exactly the people he wanted to hit. His act has worked to treat. I found it hysterical. Uh, and, and now it seems to be fashionable that the trans lobby are now getting upset. Six months ago, it was the BLM lobby getting upset. What's it going to be in six months' time? I don't know. The, uh, the forgotten Conservative Party are on the march. That, that will be what it is. <laughs> it, it's all a bit, someone is there to be upset, and Ricky's hit them right between the eyes. He's, he's proved the point. Very, very funny. No, he has. But I think you're also right to say, Jim, that if it had been you... 
uh, or Roy Chubby Brown uh, delivering these jokes, there would be complete and total outrage and, and you would be cancelled. But what I hope, Jim, is that by Netflix standing by folk like Dave Chappelle and Ricky yep. Gervais, that that starts filtering down into the rest of the comedy world, which had become very, very woke, very woke. Well, well, it is. Com comedians are frightened to death to be funny now, not because they're going to upset the audience. Look, Dan, you don't set up, you don't, you didn't do set up this show, GB News, so you could chase away all your viewers. You want viewers, you want people to like you. It's natural for a comedian to want to be liked. And I bet you Ricky's sitting there thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said this. And Netflix is saying, yes, you should. It's fantastic. Mm. So, so maybe the people that moan about comedy should learn where the off switch is. It's yeah, exactly that. What makes, what, what makes one person laugh doesn't make the other person laugh. And I think Ricky Gervais Me, is all I about... Tom and Jerry. My wife's like that. Mm, what's this? Don't get it at all. <laughs> well, I think Ricky Gervais, he, he's all about pricking bubbles of pomposity. You know, when he hosted the Golden Globe Awards, the reason I loved it is because he did punch... He hit out at these Hollywood idiots, you know, who are so used to being treated with such reverence as if uh, the actual royalty. And I think that's what Ricky Gervais has done to the trans lobby. They don't like it, Jim, because they're so used to everyone bowing down to their ridiculous stance uh, that a woman can have a penis. And all of us are, are, are sitting there saying, that's the biggest joke. It is. It, it is ridiculous. You don't really need script writers. All you've got to do. I mean, I do a twice weekly show on, on my TV station and I don't have a script writer. I just get the news and read it. And, and it is hysterical. And you even get blamed. You, you even get blamed for reading the news. How dare you say that? Hang on a minute. I didn't say that. This is a, a headline in a newspaper. I think Ricky has done well and I think he's achieved... What I like, what I've always tried to do is, is to say, look, this is unharmful comedy unless you absolutely set out to want to be harmed. You want to be a victim. And unfortunately, that's what's going on. It's the trans lobby now, the BLM lobby. What will it be next week? We, we had Jimmy Carr with the Travellers. What is going on? Everyone needs to lighten up. If we're going to say you can't do this, you can't do that, it's going to divide people rather than bring them together. Let's get so rid right. of this woke and political correctness and good old-fashioned British courtesy. That's what we want, Dan. Very good place to end it on. I think, Jim, you're completely right. Let's not become a nation of victims. We are better than that. Jim Davidson, always love speaking to you tonight. It's Outsider. Thank you so much, Jim. Dan Wooden here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more newsmaking interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Wooden tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.